Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Part of the Problem. I am, of course, the libertarian Tupac, Dave Smith. He is the king of the cocks, Robbie the Fire Bernstein. What's up, brother? I'm Ant for St. Louis, dude. Hitting the road. That's right. This this weekend, we are going to St. Louis. There are still some tickets available. Go grab them. ComicDaveSmith.com has uh, all the ticket links up there. Uh, St. Louis, Funny Bone, here we come. The next week after that, we're going to be in uh, one night only in Perryville, Maryland. Those tickets are selling very fast. If you want to come to the show, go grab them right now. And then off to the races, a uh, bunch of stuff coming up in, in the next few months. Uh, so, yeah. Looking forward to seeing some of you guys on the road. And we're adding a bunch more dates uh, that will all be up on the website soon. So uh, go check it out, ComicDaveSmith.com, for all our uh, live shows. Doing live stand-up shows and uh, live podcasts as well. So, yeah, come on, come on out. Have some fun. All right. So let's start uh, off today's show right with a nice little moment over at CNN um, this was uh, something I know you had said. I saw uh, uh, Tom Elliott had uh, posted these uh, the some some of the clips from this show. Tom Elliott, by the way, I've, I've mentioned him several times on the show before. Great Twitter follow, one of the best Twitter follows out there. He's essentially, I mean, he he adds uh, he, he's kind of like the libs of TikTok version of the corporate press, whereas libs of TikTok like kind of focuses on you know insane like public school wokeness uh he's he's for the most part like he makes some commentary sometimes but for the most part he just shows you what the corporate press is saying and then he makes these great like uh montages like supercuts, and it'll be like hey throwback remember this is what they said about the the lockdowns this is what they said about the vaccines and it's almost like there's no comment even needed you know what i mean you're just like hmm here hmm. you go look this is what they were saying hmm this is indefensible. Uh, so anyway, I saw he posted uh, uh, some clips of this. Uh, so so Dr. Uh, Lena Wen w- was on uh, CNN recently to discuss an article that she wrote uh, 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 on, the, uh, on the Washington Post there. Uh, a couple things I want to say before we start this. Number one, uh, just to be clear, so no one is mistaken here, Lena Wen is one of the bad guys. She is not one of the good guys. Um, However, she has somewhat taken a turn. And this is how a lot of these things happen. I'm not saying it's like a conspiracy theory or that she's controlled opposition or something like that. But usually this is how these things happen, um, whether it's by design or not, is that some of the bad guys who were awful, they start kind of playing the role of hey i think we've gone a little bit too far and then they try to kind of draw some of the anti-establishment support behind them while never actually going all the way you know and taking the correct position so they kind of control the dissident energy if you guys don't remember uh lena when was 
famously, there's a video that we um we we played on the show that bet this was back in 2021, right as the vaccines were were coming out, where she was uh saying we really can't end all of these restrictions right now because then we won't have uh, anything to incentivize people to take the vaccine with. So we can't give them their freedom. We have to say, we'll give you your freedom contingent on you taking the vaccine. No exaggeration. This is what this woman was arguing. So keep in mind, she's one of the bad guys, but she's starting to tell the truth a little bit now. Okay. Oh, I, I should mention also uh, before we uh, uh, play the clip that uh, the the article that they're talking about is that she she wrote an article basically just saying that um, we are overcounting COVID deaths and COVID hospitalizations. Uh Okay, let's play a little bit and then me and you can can discuss. Right? Doctor, these are two separate things here, overcounting deaths and overcounting hospitalizations. As you know, I covered this closely being in the Trump White House when this happened. I talked to a lot of health officials about this who are actually kind of skeptical of this claim that you're making. And I think one big thing has been what is the evidence that these covid deaths are actually being overcounted? <laughs> Well, this is the reason why this kind of transparent reporting is going to be so important. There is a way for us to look at death certificates and also to look at the medical records of individuals prior to the death. And I think this needs to be separated into three categories. One is the um, the COVID as a direct contributor, the primary cause of death. The second is, could it be a secondary contributing cause? So for example, somebody with kidney disease, COVID then pushes them over the edge to have kidney failure. That's COVID as a contributing cause. And then the third is COVID as an incidental finding. So somebody coming in with a gunshot wound or a heart attack and they happen to test positive. I think that we need to separate out and look at the percentages of each. That percentage would have shifted over time as well. In the beginning, probably a lot more people were dying with the primary cause of COVID. That probably has shifted. And I think, again, we need to understand this. Another reason to understand this, too, is a lot of people are wondering when they should get a booster next. When do we need a second booster or another booster? And the only way we can know for sure is to understand who is getting severely ill and when but doesn't that change who okay so that's the first clip we're going to play another clip in a second i just find it like fascinating to see these three uncomfortable cnn you know uh uh talking heads sitting there as she they go well what evidence do we have for this and it's like well no we're saying this is the way they're counting the deaths and this is a crazy way to count it we should obviously be distinguished i mean this is so obvious obviously we should we should separate at least into these three categories that she mentions here but it really is something about that time the the effect that time has on the um on the narrative and on the the kind of controlled discourse and what the, the the outrage about these things it's just something right for people who um and again, it's not like I'm saying like, oh, this is the way things were in the 1920s, and now this is how things are today. I'm talking about 2020 and 2021 to today. It's not that long ago. But you go, they're just sitting there almost as if like, it's almost as if this was her original idea that no one had. This is what everyone who opposed the COVID regime was screaming for all of that time and was labeled like this evil, crazy conspiracy theory would never have you. And now all three of those CNN uh, uh, hacks just have to sit up there and take it as their own, you know, like person who is advocating all of their policies, their own medical expert is going, oh, yeah, no, this is all real. This is all happening. It's been happening the whole time. And she's like, hmm, OK, all right. Like, it's just it's unbelievable how you can go from having a position that makes you like so, some type of toxic, awful human being. And then they can go, huh. So that position's correct. Interesting. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Rob? It's uh, it's really infuriating because these people understand science. They understand how the data should be processed. And two years ago when we said, hey, shouldn't we really take a look at the numbers and know who's dying? And no, you're not supposed to look at that. That's irrelevant. And now they're saying, no, no, that's highly relevant for who we would make. It wasn't just a recommendation for the boosters. That was relevant information to analyze this from the outset. And if you had said that people were dying with COVID and not from COVID, that was conspiracy. That switched when Anthony Fauci admitted to it, when people criticized the fact that the death numbers were up in kids and they're like, what's going on here? Your COVID policy is not working. And he said, no, it's working. You guys are miscalculating because people are actually dying with COVID, not from COVID. 
And all of a sudden, what had been absolute conspiracy was now just fat because he needed to cover his own ass because well, failed policy. Well, what happened was is a- after, you know, if you like the the booster campaign has been largely a failure in America. Um, there's the, a lot of the the um, coercive pressure to get it was taken off. A lot of the same jobs that were requiring you get vaxxed uh, initially are not requiring uh, that that you get boosted. Um, and the and people just, you know, for obvious reasons, there were a certain amount of people who were like, all right, I'll take two shots and be done with it. Are not so like, no, I'm not taking a shot every six months for the rest of my life. Like, I'm not doing that. Um, so they have had there's something like uh, I think it's less than half of the people who got double vaccinated originally got the booster. So they have not convinced nearly as many people, but they did convince like something like 70 percent of adults to get vaccinated originally convinced slash coerced. OK, but so this was uh, th- this was right around the time where we had hit those numbers. This was before um, the big booster push. And so we had gotten up to the point where about 70% of the population was uh, vaccinated. And then Omicron came out and was very clearly at this point, I think uh, up to that point, very clearly we can say now, was the most contagious and least deadly strand of COVID. So the numbers of people who have it was like through the roof, like everyone was getting Omicron. And uh, so all of a sudden now you had these numbers that by their world numbers like, oh, my God, hospitalization amongst children is through the roof. But of course, actually, the, what was going on here was just like, yeah, it was like a very contagious cold. And so a lot of kids who were in the hospital for a broken arm, they swabbed them and they go, oh, look, they have Omicron. So all of a sudden, up until that point, every type of elevated number of hospitalized people for covid was helping sell the covid regime if there were a lot of people hospitalized with covid see see, that's why we need lockdowns to slow the spread if there's a lot of people hospitalized with covid see that's why we need vaccines so there's not so many people hospitalized but now a huge portion of people got the vaccines and the numbers are higher than ever for the it was this point where for the first time in this march of covid tyranny that number no longer helped the policy that fauci was trying to sell so what was his response to to finally tell the truth? Oh, well, you see, it's the way they count hospitalizations. They're wrong. And so it seems like it's it's like, yes, this Lena Wen lady is kind of telling the truth, at least partially here. But, yeah, it's just so frustrating that you're like, dude, we've all been saying this forever. And then you come around to admit it and act like it's not an admission. Act like you're not even admitting that you were. Oh, my God, we demonized all the people who said this the whole time. Uh, but it's interesting because you do see that they're uncomfortable and they're uncomfortable because that's there somewhere like that feeling that they know that like, oh, but you're saying the thing we all decided you're not allowed to say. And now you're allowed to say it, I guess. It's really amazing. It's a, it's like amazing to watch. It's uh, it, it's it's dark, but it's it's hilarious in a weird way. Today's Lena Wen should have to debate two years ago. Lena Wen, who said we have to remove people's freedoms. Yeah, so that there's an incentive to get vaccinated, even if that means that we're removing people's freedoms. Well, it's, it's but there's more... a weird, there's a weird like game that all of them play. So like the Lena Wen types, I mean, I don't actually know that she'd say this herself, but I bet she would. The, the people who occupy that space, what they, the, the way they'll defend it is they wear it like a badge of honor where they're like, look, I'm pissing off all the people who are pro-COVID regime and all the people who are anti-COVID regime because I always, I just tell the truth, you know, and like, I was, hey, when the evidence was this way, I took this position. When the evidence is that way, yeah, I take this position. Yeah, but this is inconsistent with any earlier yes. evidence. Right, but this they just an, play it as if I, I'm not on either team. I'll just always tell you what I'm thinking. But it's like, no, you were just wrong before and now you're trying to backtrack. No, you weren't. It's not that you were wrong before. You were lying before. And now enough of the market has caught up with you that in order to keep in this post, you're going to pretend like the information has changed. Your style of analysis has changed. And so now you're going to come forward and pretend like, oh, well, now we're acknowledging these things we didn't know. You knew this. That's what I'm saying. I'm actually calling her out as being a liar. If what she's putting forward now is, yeah, this is the way that science would work. The way science would work is we look at the risk categories and who is and who isn't and what's the rate, whatever the fuck she just said now. And also, hey, we got to keep in mind that we don't actually have good data here. That was all true and relevant two years ago, and she knew it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And the, uh, of course, she even says it like in a way that's there's almost this weird omission where she goes, and we need to know this data. So we when people are thinking about boosters, we can know who's at the highest risk. It's like, right. And we can know who's not at risk. It's almost like and then the, the thing that she's kind of omitting is that and then there, we might say there's some people who maybe don't need to take a booster. Kind of like, like the original vaccine. Yes, right. Kind of exactly. like kids. Well, if this is adjusted for the numbers of uh, hospitalizations and deaths with or from COVID. Well, look, this is the thing. And it's such a weird thing then when the other ones uh, like there's this style. It's really a, like something to watch. But there's this style, this like propaganda style that a lot of them use where like so. So it's almost like you go. um so you demonize the people who stand up to the propaganda and are telling the truth as the most evil people spreading misinformation. They're dangerous. They're, they're these are just vile Nazis, you know, and then um, it casually gets admitted that they were right. You don't really it's like no big deal. It's like, oh, look at this. Things changed. Oh, OK, here's that. Or that. And then when you keep going, the, you never like acknowledge the fact that you got it completely wrong and they got it completely right. And then. When convenient, you'll still reflect back on it as if you were right. You know, like they'll still, they'll, they'll still. So it's like the thing where we were talking about with Neil deGrasse Tyson, where it's still like, it's like, oh, all those people who said that the vaccine uh, would, would prevent transmission, uh, they weren't wrong. Uh, they were, they were right at the time. Uh, later things changed and then they became wrong. And then, so, so you kind of half admit that they were at least in effect wrong now but then he'll also still later be like you know you get the vaccine so you don't give it to anyone else you know what i'm saying like it's it's like and, and, and like he'll still are it's kind of the way that like people will still say something about trump and russia like they'll almost just like they they still kind of assert that like oh yeah yeah no we weren't completely wrong about that whole thing when convenient um it's, <laughs> it's just it's 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 a bizarre way that human beings act it's 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 a way that propaganda like is dispensed it's really creepy all right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Bambi. Bambi is an HR platform built for small businesses like yours. So you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. First, Bambi's HR Autopilot automates your core policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. Then, your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance, available by phone, email, or real-time chat. An in-house HR manager can cost you up to $80,000 a year, but with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees, cancel anytime. I know a lot of people who run small businesses i myself run a small business hr is not why you got in the game but it is a real vulnerability if you don't have it taken care of bambi has received thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, and their customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them you run your business let bambi run your hr go to bambi.com slash p-o-t-p right now for a free hr audit that's b-a-m-b-e-e dot com slash p-o-t-p bambi.com slash p-o-t-p all right, let's get back into the show. Um, okay, let's play uh, the second clip from this, which is also interesting. How at risk pregnant women and their babies are from, from COVID-19. I'm sure you saw it. I mean, they tracked 13,000 pregnant women. Um, and I just wonder if you're concerned for people at risk like that or other vulnerable groups that this give, can give fodder to, um, to conspiracy theorists, to those who downplay COVID, to anti-vaxxers. I'm sure you you know you thought about that right as you were as you were writing this. Are you worried about that? It's interesting that I have had criticism on both sides. There are people who have said, "Well, why are you saying that we're overcounting COVID deaths now? You should have said this two and a half years ago." There are others who have said, "Well, we're not overcounting them," and they give various reasons as to why. I think at the end of the day, we just need the truth, and part of that truth is what you mentioned, Poppy, which is that vaccines are highly protective. That vaccines are very effective. Oh, They're very safe. Yeah. I've just I've never been so angry while watching a segment. It's not about whether or not I lied. It's at this moment that we need the truth. I, yeah. I, it, it, I mean, you could say that about any mistake that's ever been made ever. Hey, it's not about if I rape before. It's about that women are safe now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, um, it, yeah, I mean, look, if you want to tell the truth, the truth is 
that you are a tyrant for advocating that people not have their freedom until they consume this pharmaceutical product. And you should probably, you should be ashamed of yourself and no one should ever allow you to have public, you know, to comment on anything publicly on television again. Um, the thing that I found that I think is, is so funny is like, again, there's just the, the question there from this CNN uh, anchor who's, you can just feel how uncomfortable she is already with this. So she brings up some new, well, you know, they're saying now that there might be a risk to uh, pregnant women. Uh, like, we found something. We, we, we have something to grasp to that COVID is a problem. What does that have to do with her saying they're overcounting the, the deaths and hospitalizations? Nothing. She just brings it up. Well, I read something the other day about COVID being really scary. So are, aren't you worried that you uh, talking about this stuff could, you know, give like credibility to, to conspiracy theorists and all. So she's basically just going, really, if you think about what the question is here, she goes, isn't this making us look bad and the side criticizing us look good? And why is that? Because you're confirming that the thing they were saying from the very beginning was always correct. That there is not none of those numbers. You read CNN for a year and a half ran a tally on every single show. There was a tally at the bottom of the screen telling you how many people were hospitalized and how many people died. Do you remember that? They only took it off once Trump was out of office, I think. But they were literally when you used to watch CNN throughout the pandemic, it would be like a big, you know, like graph around them with numbers that, that were constantly changing of the hospitalized and the dead. And you would always see those numbers up there. And she's here telling you your you were doing propaganda that whole time. You were giving BS numbers the whole time you were doing that. And they're like, well, you know, this might make the conspiracy theorists look good. That's your concern when someone comes to you and tells you that you guys were full of shit for the entire time in the most important time, the biggest crisis in modern American history. And you guys were doing nothing but running propaganda. And your response is like, yeah, but that might make the people who don't like us sound right. Like, yeah, it might. Maybe you should be concerned with what you were a part of. It's just insane. Insane. All right, let's finish this clip off and vulnerable groups, including pregnant women, pregnant individuals, should be getting vaccinated. At the same time, we should also be honest about who was dying from COVID during the early parts of the pandemic versus who is dying from COVID now. I think that type of honest, transparent reporting is really important, including for fostering trust in public health. Mm -hmm. Listen, to be clear, though, and it says in, in your um in your op-ed, the COVID death count turns out, if it turns out to be 30% of what is currently reported, that is still unacceptably high. That's exactly right. And there are still... And, and, and there you go. And there's Don Lemon. It's not even a question. It's just like, let's just say, even if we were off by a magnitude of order, you know, it's still bad. It's still really bad. So really in the spirit of things, it's still, it's like, yeah, well, if the actual number is 30% of the number that CNN kept on their screen every single day while the American people were scared out of their minds, while the government was taking away all of their basic rights, also, you know, robbing them blind to give, you know, to give trillion dollar giveaways to giant corporations. If it turned out that you were running a number that was actually, you know, 70% BS, yeah, that's actually pretty bad. That's actually that's propaganda of the it's worst like kind. It's like we're watching a internal meeting where yeah. they're going, hey, aren't we still supposed to lie about this stuff to try and scare everyone into just following what we say? And she's yeah. going, no, we're turning. We're, we're going to be try and be honest to rebuild credibility. And, and they're like, wait, are you sure we're going to be honest about this? And I guess at this point, it's like. They did what they needed to do, so they might as well be honest so that the next time they have to sell us something, we might actually listen. That's really what they're doing. It doesn't even matter if they decide to start being honest now. It's like, yeah, you only did that because you had to. You lied to us again. I don't buy it for one second. And it's not as if she's being completely honest here. I mean, she's still, like I said, she's one of the bad guys. She's still recommending pregnant women uh, get vaccinated. Like, okay. Um, But, uh, you know. The, the this yeah this idea that like well we we have to have honest reporting so that there's trust in these institutions it's like well yeah i think these institutions have proven that they're not worthy of being trusted but yeah it is it is something to see like there go you know like i guess this is 
like the level they think they can get away with. It's like, okay, well, we're still going to recommend the vaccine to everyone, but we're going to admit this much. Like, oh, yeah, that this number was tremendously inflated. Oh, yeah, this number that you constantly are running with is not an accurate number at all. And and I'm sorry, but there's just no, like, there's just no excuse. It's not as if this, this was, I mean, amongst people who were critics of the COVID regime, this must have been one of the most brought up talking points, like, constantly brought up that like yeah this is like it was like a running joke like oh a guy gets in a motorcycle accident and dies and it's a covid death like this was like you know people are constantly talking and there's just no excuse for why anyone who's supposed to be in the business of like keeping this data wouldn't have been able to see oh yeah this is like this isn't telling me anything you know, like i can't count this as a covid death if it, like you know what i mean and, and there's just no reason. And same with the hospitalization numbers. And we've, we've talked a bunch about that. Like, this is just ridiculous. Um, so anyway, there was never any excuse for them to be uh, putting those numbers out there, except for the obvious, which is that it helped sell these tyrannical policies. That's it. It was it, the, the worse this thing sounded, the more likely people were to give up everything they had. And they made it sound really bad. And people did. So there you go. Um, all right. Speaking of... Uh, government propaganda let's uh move over to the uh this summit that they had for the uh the wef the world economic forum uh there was a pretty interesting panel uh discussion there with uh some journalists uh i think brian stelter our favorite little piggy he's back you know yeah he's doing great i think he teaches at harvard now yeah i mean the the brightest of minds need to know honest journalism and so he picked up a staffing position over there to make sure the next generation of geniuses are uh proper informed on how to partake in propaganda on the highest levels yeah isn't it something they go like yes sure um you were like ritualistically humiliated uh by uh every uh honest uh voice online and uh sure your viewers were so uh incredibly low your viewership was so incredibly low that uh even cnn who is used to low viewership couldn't keep you around anymore but don't worry come there's a panel at the world economic forum that you can come host and well and what's he talking about the same thing he's always wanted to talk about it's like he's gotten a little fatter which is great i love that yeah that, that that does make me happy uh but it really is funny how much he's a one-trick pony like all he can ever talk about is how there's misinformation out there like that's just always the topic um but anyway this was uh he was not alone he was joined by some other uh hack reporters uh uh this one guy's from the the new york times um who had some interesting things to say let's take a look at that i'm teaching um uh students and, and young people how to recognize uh disinformation um so there clearly are models that work I also think it's useful for us not to overthink the problem too much. I mean, ultimately, what you're teaching people in those moments, as much as anything, as much as, as, as you're teaching them to recognize a lie, I suspect you're teaching them to recognize um, trustworthy sources, whether that's, you know, an institution like the Times or the Post or the Journal, whether that's um, scientists, whether that's academia, um, but, there, you know, just being discerning about trust and in, in some ways finding institutional proxies for trust, um, you know, where there are reliable, transparent standards, you know, for example, in an institution like mine, when we make mistakes, we acknowledge them in public and we correct them. Right. Um, and I think that that's going to be a, a big part of this. I also just think that at some point, um, you know, given the central role of the platforms in um, mm-hmm. disseminating, um, you know, uh, you know, bad information, um, I, I, I think they're going to have to do an unpopular and and brave thing at some point, which is to differentiate and elevate trustworthy sources of information consistently, consistently, and um, and until until they do, I. You know, I, th- I think that we just have to assume that those environments are, are basically poisoned. Um, um, but doing so, I think we all know it may suppress engagement, right, which is a North Star metric for a lot of these institutions. Mm-hmm. And it almost certainly will incur political backlash at a moment when these institutions are facing real regulatory pressure. So 
that's 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 a hard thing for them to do. But I, I, I have a hard time seeing how we solve it, you know, just on the demand side without addressing some of the supply side. Supply side. Last 30 seconds. Final thought. Yeah, just just two sentences. One All on Finland. Right. Finland. Well, isn't that a fancy way of just basically saying the quiet part out loud? And I, I, what I love about this, I really want to hear your, your take on this, Rob, but what I love about this is just the way they speak. It's, it, as you said, you've, you've made this point several times, that it's just saying, hey, look, we're the ones who get to control what people think. You're not. We have to be like, that's it. That's we're the elites. We set the agenda here, not you guys. The, he constantly just refers to themselves as the trustworthy institutions the ones who are good. But notice, like, if you just just think about the difference in the way that me and you, like, will argue that we got things right, that the, the establishment got wrong, is we'll go over our track record. We'll be like, look, we told you this. This turned out to be right. We told you this. This turned out to be right. We told you this. Okay, well, now we're telling you this. And they told you X, Y, and Z, and it all turned out to be wrong. Look, we just played a clip of them admitting that the biggest metric was completely wrong, right? Their own expert is saying it. But he just asserts over and over again that we're the trustworthy institutions, and so we, we're going to have to crack down on them. And then, Rob, this will lead to backlash, of course. Says, you know, the, the plebs may not like that we start telling them they're not allowed to think for themselves. So really fascinating. All of socialism, BlackRock, ESG, Davos, the whole thing, it boils down to one single argument from these people. And what they're really saying is we can't go into the marketplace and compete with other people and providing value. So in, in this case, what are they? They're news. They're supposed to be giving people honest information and they're not capable of providing honest information. And the market acknowledges that. So they go, well, someone needs to police the market. Hey, I'm CNN. I'm supposed to be the credible one here. I can't have people just being able to turn on Joe Rogan deciding to watch him instead. I can't compete with that. Right. That's really what they're calling for is that somebody needs to police the markets and make sure that there's limited competition so that they are just granted whatever the fuck their stature is it should just be handed to them they shouldn't have to compete they shouldn't have to give us honest information they shouldn't have to do good journalism it's not about that it's about that they've been credentialed and so everyone else it like just needs to be removed from the marketplace so that everyone realize like they should just it's an appeal to authority hey listen i got the credentials here people don't seem to care about my credentials enough so somebody needs to come in and say Hey, you're only allowed to listen to the people with credentials. Well, go compete. Go yeah. go win people over. I don't know if there was a doctor down my you get rid of like board licensing or whatever. If you had some doctor down the street who was unlicensed but managed to heal everyone in the neighborhood, God bless. Yeah. Go fucking compete with him. Yeah, it's so it's it's so bizarre, especially that it's the same people who who constantly, you know, talk about threats to our democracy and things like this. It's like, oh, yeah, we're uh, and, you know, the worst thing ever is like um, anyone who wants like uh, voting rights are under attack. Oh, my God, they're making you show an ID or they're verifying your address. This is right. You know, it's, everyone has to be able to cast their ballot. You can never question democracy. Uh, there's constantly threats to democracy and that this is somehow a goal. Everyone gets to vote. These people get to choose who their uh, re representatives are. But at the same time, then they turn around and go, but these rubes can't be like allowed to decide where they consume information. I mean, yeah. because you know what? what they're so stupid <laughs> that they won't even know the difference between all this fake stuff and us, the really smart news. And if we're just competing fairly with them, they're all going to choose the conspiracy theories. They're all going to choose misinformation. And yet what? So what are you saying? It's like we need to propagandize these people and then they can vote. Like then, then this is somehow, it's just, it's so bizarre. None of it makes any sense at all. Crappy products cannot compete without force. It's why yeah. you can't have your fucking green windmills over gas unless the, uh, you know, or that's why woke is broke. You know what I mean? That, like all these companies, they get forced into putting together programming that nobody's interested in. It doesn't work. As long as people can go to the internet and create their own shit, it's not going to work. So yeah. in this case, they're basically complaining, Hey, we're supposed to like we have to create propaganda. That's our job. Our job is to create propaganda. And if other people can create honest news, then we don't have a business here anymore. So somebody's going to have to come in and police it. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's funny because, you know, like the American system was always um, in many ways a more uh, it's, it's, it's a more sophisticated form of corruption than typical 
um, like dictatorships or typical like kind of naked tyrannical regimes. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers professional counseling done securely online. So if you feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, definitely go check out BetterHelp. I highly recommend therapy. Uh, I, I've benefited from it myself. I know many other people who have. I think there's a misconception where a lot of people think uh, what we're going to be doing is diving into my childhood and talking about how my dad didn't hug me enough or something like that, when a lot of times what therapy really helps is just you dealing with issues that you have going on in your life right now, recognizing when you're getting in your own way and kind of trying to straighten that out. So whatever you're dealing with, BetterHelp has a wide range of counselors available for you. Plus, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional counseling. Financial aid is available, and it's easy to get started. Once you sign up, BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to communicate with them in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so it's easy and free to switch counselors if needed. You can send a message to your counselor at any time, and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So it's the perfect way to do therapy for people who are busy. Go to betterhelp.com problem and you can join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. New testimonials from users are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So go to betterhelp.com problem. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash problem to get 10% off your first month. One more time, betterhelp.com problem for 10% off your first month. All right, let's get back into the show. It's, uh, I, I was arguing with uh, someone the other day I was talking about um, the, uh, how corrupt con- countries are. I think they were talking about like Ukraine and Russia and some of these countries that are so corrupt. And I, I was saying, this is like an off air, this is a conversation. And I was like, look, America is the most corrupt country. We're more corrupt than any of them. And he, he was like, well, no, look, I mean, in, in Russia or something like that, or in some of these other countries, I mean, you, you're like bribing police officers and stuff like that. Judges take bribes and stuff. And I was like, yeah. Because that's a very primitive form of corruption. That's like the very basic, like low-level form of corruption. America, America's corruption, it's like, yeah, look, you can't bribe police officers typically in America. Uh, there might be some exception, exceptions to this. But typically, if you get like pulled over for a DUI or something like that, you're not going to be able to like slip the cop a couple hundred bucks and get off. That's, that's typically not going to work in America. In Mexico, that might work. Like that is a so yes, there is that low level of corruption there. Now, by the way, it's not exactly clear to me that that is a, you know, like let's just say you're probably in a lot of situations in the United States of America where you wish you could just bribe the cop and actually might be better off for everybody if you could. But that's not the corruption in America. The corruption in America is like the prison guard union, like lobbies for for mandatory minimums. That's where the corruption is. The corruption is like the Federal Reserve. The corruption is like, uh, you know, think tanks funded by weapons companies that put out pieces advocating why we need to fight the next war. That's it's like sophisticated next level corruption, which is actually far more successful and far more corrupt. So anyway, the point I'm getting at is like in a lot of other countries, they would have the more primitive form of of this media control, which is just state run media. The state runs it. You know, if you go to North Korea, it's like the 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 news is going to be put out by the government. This is the news in America. They had a more sophisticated form of state uh, propaganda, which is like, oh, no, no, no. The state doesn't run the media. We have a free, honest press that is a check on state power. Right. The, the state just uh, licenses out TV stations. And we picked three, you know, and so yeah, there's three. You have three. Look, you can choose anyone you want to. And they'll all be saying the same thing, but whatever. You can choose which one you want to watch. And then you would have, you know, uh, papers like, say, you know, whoever, the New York Times or something like that, who basically they get in, they get uh, access but to the deep state and to, to the intelligence world and to politicians. And then they'll give them little bits of information as long as they publish things that are what they want them to publish. And then they continue to get that access. So it's a a more sophisticated version of state media. But this has all been broken now. And that's really what's been going on for the last, uh, uh, you know, 
few years in America uh, is that the 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 internet and the way it's exploded and grown has now been like, oh, you don't have any of that system in place. And so what you hear these guys arguing this stuff is like, well, we got to clamp down and get back to that system somehow where we're the ones that people are forced to trust. What's interesting is you might just, as a thought experiment, ask yourself, from this guy's point of view, wouldn't it almost make sense to just start advocating for the old, more primitive system? Wouldn't it just make sense to just advocate for state-run media? I mean, he's basically, he's, he's advocating for what? Government regulation to come in and make sure that they can only see us and not them. Well, here's a solution. It's only the state, the state chooses what the people are allowed to see and what they're not. That's Mr. This, and they'll be doing this on a, a summit about like, you know, the journalism and misinformation and all this. So yeah, that's quite a side yeah let's play one more of the there were a bunch of clips in that thread brian you could just pick another one let's let's play it talk from the newsroom and the the news publishing perspective and then we'll work our way toward uh, some of the uh, political uh, parts of the conversation uh, how does this discussion of disinformation relate to everything else happening here today in davos um well first uh thanks for having me as as part of this conversation as you can imagine this is something i really care deeply about so I, th I think if you look at, at um, this question of disinformation, I think it maps basically to every other <laughs> major challenge that we are grappling with as a society, and particularly the most existential among them. So disinformation and, and the broader set of misinformation, conspiracy, propaganda, clickbait, you know, the, the, the broader um, mix of bad information that's corrupting the information ecosystem. What it attacks is trust. And once you see trust decline, uh, what you then see um, is uh, societies start to fracture. And so you see people fracture along tribal lines and, um, and, uh, and you know, that immediately undermines pluralism. Mm -hmm. And you know, the undermining of pluralism is probably the most dangerous thing that can happen to a democracy. So I really, I think if, if, you know, if you're spending this week thinking about the health of democracies and democratic erosion, I think it's really important to work your way back up to where this starts. So th this is basically the way they, they view the world. And, and, you know, you kind of have to, when you listen to someone like this, you have to understand that, although I think he means this, because um, I think they believe their own nonsense. When they talk about um, pluralism, what they really mean is the opposite. What they really mean is them having control of the narrative. Um, and when he talks about misinformation, what he really means is um, voices that oppose the regime. Because none of this is really about what's accurate information and what's inaccurate information. No one's arguing. You know, again, this is why something like COVID, uh, the, the vaccine will stop the spread is never even something they could think about as misinformation. No, that was just that was the narrative. That was the regime. Weapons of mass destruction was not misinformation, even though these, the, you know, uh, pieces of misinformation had catastrophic effects beyond anything that you could argue that some conspiracy theory, even really nutty false conspiracy theories online have. But it is to say this is the, the this is the biggest problem, Rob. This is the biggest problem with everything. And I, the point I'm making is that I think if you if you can kind of flip his words into what they really mean and listen to what this guy's really saying, I think he's right. He's essentially right. This is their biggest threat. This is their, Achille, uh, their Achilles heel. And I think there's something for uh, people on our side should be really encouraged by this because he is right. This is a threat because it undermines trust. And so they cannot get their agenda through. Is, uh, if, if the vast majority of the population believes that they are a bunch of liars, well, then they're not going to trust them and they're not going to go along with what they believe. So in other words, we need to keep the misinformation going. That's our best bet. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show. This is going out to responsible adults over the age of 21 living in states where Delta 8 is legal. Go get yourself some Delta 8 from YoDelta.com. Uh, they've got vapes and gummies. Delta 8 is naturally found in hemp. 
kind of like CBD, but unlike CBD, Delta 8 gets you high. So keep that in mind and use it responsibly. Delta 8 is what people are raving about. I know all of the stoners at Gas Digital love this stuff. Go check them out, YoDelta.com, the official Delta 8 sponsor of the Gas Digital Network. Use the promo code GAS. It'll get you 25% off your entire order. That's YoDelta.com, promo code GAS for 25% off your entire order. All right, let's get back into the show. I, I don't know. How would you define pluralism? I don't even know that word. I, I just uh, many different groups existing, kind of not having uh, um, one group. So I think here I'll look up a, a technical definition. But I, be- I believe man, I'm wrong about this. But I believe it's like the idea that you have, like, say, um, multiple religions or uh, multiple, you know, different uh, ethnicities, races, things like that. A condition or system in which two or more states, groups, principles or sources of authority exist. Um, so I, I took it to just mean that there's like, uh, maybe, maybe I'm getting that wrong a little bit, but I t- took it to just mean where it's like, well, we have like all these different tribes that kind of all exist together, but we have a democracy and we come together and we're all kind of on the same page and all trust the same institutions or something like that. Um, but regardless, uh, his, his point is that the biggest threat that they face with everything can be boiled down to this disinformation and misinformation out there online. I kind of feel like, you know, products and services die because the market no longer needs or likes them. Like even take I used to love Mad Magazine. I mean, I dude, Mad Magazine was my jam. Also, respect to Mad Magazine, because some of the things that they made fun of when I was a kid really brought into focus, uh, you know, the the tyranny of government. Like I still have on my wall. There's a poster there that says, I hear you. Thanks to unwarranted wiretapping or um, they did uh, a. a spoof of uh, Iraq War II, which was like Revenge of the Clones. Uh, they did a, a, a goof on uh, um, Obama for soldier suicides. I mean, you were a kid and they were making fun of dark shit of where government fucks up in a great yeah. way. Anyways, I love Mad Magazine. Print media is not what it used to be. I also think they kind of they lost their edge a little bit. They lost their advertising dollars. And then humor, it exists daily on the Internet that I think being a monthly publication like that where half of the humor was like memes. It's just not as relevant as it was. Right. They kind of died with their dignity. They didn't go, hey, the Internet shouldn't exist because we're supposed to be the only source for humor. We're right. supposed to we're Mad Magazine. We're a cultural icon. We get to decide how humor works. I mean, it's just as stupid in the world of information. Encyclopedia Britannica, you know what I mean? Like things evolved and your product becomes bad because you stop being honest and you stop being trustworthy that's all problems with you guys and the value that you provide to the marketplace to go like, I, I don't know. God did not give you guys the Royal authority of being the world's only news source. There was a point in time where you guys probably did good journalism. You actually had really good profits. You're able to outspend all the competition to be best in the game. And you squandered all those resources by not doing honest journalism. So now when people want to be informed, they're not reading your newspaper. That's on you. Yeah. As I remember talking about this um, when I, I was it was uh, when I was on Rogan right when he was uh, like in the week where he was the most like under fire. Um, and it was the week where Brian Stelter was really relentlessly going after him. And uh, we we played this wasn't the last time I was on. I think it was the time before that. And we we played a Brian Stelter clip and we were we were breaking him down and, and talking about him a bunch. But it, it was really amazing to me that they would go like the fact that brian stelter not only that he would have no self-reflection but that he wouldn't even feel like he had to pretend to have a little self-reflection you know what i mean like if you were talking about like if i was whatever it is if i was just publicly talking about how i keep losing to you but i'm so much better than you there wouldn't be some point where I'd have to go like, well, I mean, and obviously I could have done this better. So, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't just just to save face, like just to not look so bad. So here he is. He's talking about, uh, you know, how Joe Rogan spreads this misinformation. But here at CNN, we have a newsroom and we have all of this stuff and we have fact checkers and all this. Then you're like, OK, so even by your own standard, you're losing. Like, this is just a basic rule of li- in life. Like, okay, you have a newsroom, you have fact checkers, you have all this stuff, and Joe Rogan can just go say whatever he wants to. And yet, and yet, Joe Rogan has 25 times the audience that you have. 
let's think about that. You'd be like, well, what have you done? What with all your fact checkers in your newsroom? What have you gotten wrong? You know, and then, ooh, man, you don't want to open that door because the answer is everything, everything. Yeah, the market for honest information hasn't gone away. So if CNN has an annual budget, which I'm sure dwarfs what, what do you think CNN's annual budget is? If you had to guess, I'm talking like the entire network budget. I don't know. It was it's got to be a couple hundred million dollars yeah. at least, if not. I think higher. I think. Yeah, higher. I would think. I would think the range, if I had to guess, was between five hundred and a mil- and a billion, in terms of the total budget for the network. I maybe five hundred million. I don't know. Let's go with five hundred million dollars. So you've got five hundred million dollars, and you're in charge of the network. You've got a lot of resources to put together. How many shows do you even need? What, what's your prime time? You're talking eight p.m. to twelve a.m. or something like that. So you need five people. You need five people who are entertaining as Rogan with the back staff to put together. I mean, you and I, we do a news program three times a week and we've managed yeah. to put together an audience. It's not, a, there's a market for honest information. Yes. You guys are just losing because that's not what you want to do or, or, or you're just not good at it. You're not good at hiring people who are entertaining and then having people who are able to put together the stories. The, like you, you see the market for information has not gone away. People have not decided, Hey, I want to be uninformed. And now we need the government to step in and go, nope, you guys will be informed. Nope, yeah, you guys and, you need know, to have information. And there's something that's going on in our culture. And there's is a, a big change uh, through the generations. And I probably, you know, I probably won't be able to express this. Uh, you know, I won't be able to articulate this quite right. But there's something where um, what people are craving right now and the reason why like we're able to put this show together and is is that people are kind of craving this like kind of this absence of the bullshit and the gimmicky stuff and they like hearing people just really talk to them and really speak from the heart i think it's as our our society has gotten faker and faker and faker people like that they crave kind of like the like realness and the 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 media um, apparatus is built off the opposite of that. It's built off the like, good evening and welcome to tonight's news and uh, on the story. We throw it over to you, Sean, you know, and like, no, no one really talks like this. It's like you're putting on a voice of how you think the official person is supposed to talk. Our, our generation's like a little bit too cynical. I, I, I don't know if it's, it's a result of like, um, I think, I, I think it's a result of the fact that our generation didn't really believe in things the way previous generations did. They didn't really believe in like God, country, loyalty, chivalry, like these things. They were just kind of like brought up under a lot of like, it grew up with a lot of um, nihilism and cynicism and all of these things. Um, I also think there was like, there, there was kind of this big effect that if you remember, there was like the reality TV era where that just became what everyone wanted to watch. And then we almost uh, like moved into the post-reality TV world. But people didn't need a, a show as much. They wanted more someone to just be straight with them. And all of these things, you know, also at the same time, I think generations ago, you know, people weren't as, they didn't grow up on television and on the movies as much as, as like our generation did. And then everyone kind of became like, um, it's almost like everyone's doing an impression of what they've seen other people who were being phony by definition, you know, were acting what they do and people, there's almost like a, a response to that, but that's what people are craving right now. And people can just sniff it out. That it's like, it's not that, say, like Joe Rogan or someone like that. It's not that he's right about everything. It's that he's honest about everything. Like He might be wrong here and there, but he's like, he's not lying to you. And people can tell that. And they can tell that Brian Stelter is lying to them. Like, they, they just, like people are better at just sniffing that out on some level now. You know, if you think about, if you look at some of the government propaganda from the past, if, go watch like World War II government propaganda. It's it's bananas. Go, Brian. If, here, if you could just pull up real quick, try to find, um, look up uh, Daffy Duck uh, income tax propaganda. <laughs> I, I want you to find this. I, the, my point is just that there's stuff that would never work today. 
You could, you just could not imagine it ever working today. You'd go, you'd look at it right away and go, uh, no, no, no. Our, our culture is just way too cynical, uh, um, for this to possibly work. No, no, no. I'm sorry. By the way, it's not, not Daffy Duck. What's the duck? Uh, Donald, Donald Duck. Yes, that's right. Donald Duck. Mickey's boy. Donald Duck. Here, watch this, Rob. And Brian, let me get, what's the date on this? Just look in the in the description. Uh, does it not show? Oh, it might show in the thing. Here, let's play it. Yes, there is a new spirit in America. The spirit of a free people, united again in a common cause to stamp tyranny from the earth. Our very shores have been attacked. Your whole country is mobilizing for total war. Your country needs you. Are you a patriotic American? Yes, sir. Eager to do your part? Yes, sir. Then there's something important you can do. You won't get a medal for doing it. It may mean a sacrifice on your part. But it will be a vital help to your country in this hour of need. Shall I tell you what it is? Yes. Shall I? Your income tax. Yes, your income tax. It may not seem important to you, but it is important. What? Yes, and it's your privilege, not just your duty, but your privilege to help your government by paying your tax and paying it promptly. Oh, what's the big hurry? What's the big hurry? Your country is at war. Your country needs taxes for guns, taxes for ships. The sooner you get your taxes in, the sooner they'll get to work. For it's your taxes... My taxes. 41. Our taxes that run the factories. This is in 42. They'd be filling out for 41. American factories. Working day and night. Factories making guns. Machine guns. Anti-tank guns. Long-range guns. Guns, guns, all kinds of guns. Taxes for American factories. Working. Okay, let's we we can stop it here. But just I think you uh you guys get the point that I'm going after. Go watch the rest of it. By the way, there's a bunch of old propaganda like that. It's really, really fascinating to go watch. My the point I'm making here though is that like uh this was not for children. They were not trying to convince children to pay their income tax. This was targeted to adults. Now, I'm just saying we, there's a level of cynicism in our generation now where you could never possibly think that would work. Now, they'll still try different propaganda campaigns. They're, they have to make them more sophisticated. But you think about how many of them like fall apart so quickly. And there's just there's something about that that you're like, yeah, so, OK, yeah, if that could work, of course, everyone would trust Edward Murrow as like he's the straight news guy who gives everyone news but people aren't falling for that anymore by the way a little other bit, bit of like kind of interesting history right so the withholding tax didn't come in till after world war ii so back then they had to really rely on the fact that people would send in their taxes pay their taxes and they didn't have like electronic records and shit like that that they have today so there's a, a tons like the vast majority of people just didn't pay them it's like, just didn't pay them. Come get me. You know what I mean? And so they never were going to anyway. Um, but so it's, this was the the thing of guilting Americans into paying your taxes because we got this big mass murder campaign we got to go on. So make sure you pay your taxes. And oh, I know. I know who will pull out to do it. Uh, Donald Duck. He'll get it done. It's the cartoon character, you know, and trust. Just fascinating to see. I, I don't know to me, like uh, how things have changed over the years. And the voiceover guy. Oh, voiceover guy was on point. It's a good voice. Do you want to help your country? Well, then unload your wallet. <laughs> really pretty incredible. All right, we're going to wrap there. Uh, that's our show for today. Come out and see us in St. Louis, guys. Still some tickets available. Come join us. Uh, come out for that Friday late show. 
That's the one I'd recommend. That's Hell a real yeah, hot dude. show, everyone. I like Friday Late Shows. Those are fun. Get dirty. Me too. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday this weekend, me and Rob will both be there doing a live part of the Problem Podcast as well. So if you're not in the area, don't worry. You'll uh, you'll get to to see one of the shows. All right. Catch you next time. Peace.